0: Welcome to the Maritime Domain Social Mastery Podcast supported by MAZ. I'm Angela Poon, Strive Stronger Operations Director, and today's episode is a bite-sized podcast where we take a snippet from our long-form interviews to revisit some of the best bits. In this episode, we revisit the podcast that Andrew and I did with the first Assistant Secretary Stacey Hall. During our interview with Stacey over Zoom, one of the things that left a lasting impression on me was her serene demeanour. Although gauging someone's energy through a video call can be challenging, Stacey's calm composure emanated through the screen. And as we dug deeper, we couldn't help but wonder, is it nature or is it nurture that fuels her composure? Listen to discover the secrets behind Stacy's tranquil energy as she shares her journey, including a memorable job interview gone awry, though she still landed the job, and the practical sensory techniques she uses to maintain that calmness amidst the chaos of life.
1: If you could explain Stacy Hall in one word, what would it be? The word I would use is calm. You have a calming effect. I, I know how to train myself to be calm, but Ange, it's not my natural state, I'm a bit higher on yeah, the yeah. And you are so calm and you're deliberate and you have real clarity and even interviewing you while this is a podcast, we've got it on screen because you can see the body language and we can look at you in the eyes and you get a better connection, but I see you look up, I see you reflect and I see you think. How did you train that or was that natural?
2: I think it's just natural. I think that's just me. Introvert, internally focused um, and very grounded. Uh, And my instinct is to, my normal instinct is to reflect uh, rather than act. But you're not the first person that's, uh, that's described me as calm.
1: And I don't think I'll be the last. With your role, when you have a big talk, a big stage as an introvert, how do you get into that state? How do you shift from and, and just to get the, the, the clarification, I'm assuming you're talking about where you get energy from on Jung scale. So the introvert gets energy with solitude and, and being by yourself and reflecting. The extrovert will draw energy from others. You're nodding, so we're on the same page. You've got to do a big presentation and you've got a whole bunch of people there and you have you know, the, the peacocks or the extroverts and the bright colored clothes, bright lipstick, you know big energy. If that's not you, how do you shift state? to match that audience
2: with a lot of structure i think you know props and tools preparation is always key I hated public speaking and have just have had to learn how to do it of course you have to learn how to do it in senior roles uh, so you you know you, you gradually accumulate it you know a set of supports and tools figure out what works for you and then you know that just becomes second nature once you do it enough practice reps and sets reps and sets
1: is there a talk you think of there's one i think of to give you some time to reflect where i bombed i was 26 it was the first big talk i'd done at the australian fitness industry conference i was dying to get on the card i'd see these presenters there and i would go oh Gosh, that they, they are just so amazing. And then I got my opportunity. It was 90 minutes. And because I was so nervous, I didn't connect with the audience and I went deep on science. Half the audience left. I was mortified, Stacey. I don't think I've told Angela this. And at the end of that presentation, I thought one of two things. I'm never, ever, ever doing this again. It was totally shit. And I'm changing language. <laughs> or I'm never gonna do that again and I'm gonna go and get the skills and I chose the latter, but it was a seesaw moment. Have you had a moment like that where you've had a talk and it bombed or you felt terrible as an introvert or you just really questioned yourself?
2: Yeah, I had a job interview for a promotion and the panel was people that I you know, knew and was familiar with, but I was so nervous that I actually just couldn't talk. Like I lost my voice, I just became mute and it was excruciating for me. It was excruciating for the panel. Uh, and I just, yeah, at that point, I thought, oh, my God, I really need to think about why that happened and why I was so nervous. It was it, like it was an automatic response. I couldn't control it. Uh, the You know, the fight or flight and the reptile brain kicked in and I froze and just couldn't speak. So I was sort of choking every word out. Unfortunately, unfortunately for me, they... Took pity on me and I, I got the, the role, but it was like, what the hell happened there? And so I s- reflected, or like I learned then and I've learned through other experiences about techniques you can use to bypass that, you know, that dinosaur brain kicking in. And, and a lot of it's very sensory.
1: Give me some examples because you've just explained the stress response beautifully. Uh, and, and going back to the reptilian brain, when we didn't live in beautiful buildings and you know, have Zoom hookups on podcast, you would walk around the piranha, the plane, the terrain, and you would either be hunting or you would be resting. So you're in fight or fly. Uh, you've added the the other one, what happens now, because we can't just run away, it's freeze. Yeah. So can you talk through some of those strategies?
2: Well, they're all, strangely, but I didn't know this You know, through the journey of, of learning it, was connected to mindfulness. And uh, your, your rational brain can't bypass your reptilian brain so you know thinking positive thoughts and those sorts of things will only go so far but sensory things so to just tap in have positive sensory experiences everything from touching something that's you know that's soft and soothing like a you know a a soft blank blanket or something with a different type of texture people with anxiety have you know pillows that have got sequins on them and you can play with them fiddle toys and those kinds of things Um, music so sound we all know that sound and music and those songs can be really evocative. They'll take you back to where you were when you first heard that song a million years ago and you'll feel those emotions and if they're positive that's good. If you hated the song that's a whole different story. Um, Have you got a positive
1: song that takes you
2: back? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's plenty. You know, I'm a, Music lover, you know, music trivia is one of my very mild superpowers. So I like I like lots of different types of music. Um, so smell, so, you know, aromatherapy or, you know, those cooking smells that, you know, take you back to your grandma's kitchen when you were eight years old and she was making apple pie.
1: Oh, that, that elicits a response in me. I can remember Bonnie with this beautiful pastry apple pie and
2: those Bartlow green apples. Oh. Yeah. And um, taste, so, you know, herbal tea or um, chocolate or something, something, some comfort type food. I mean, don't eat your way through your emotions. That's not a good thing to do. Sight, just sunshine or, you know, focusing on some butterflies or a beautiful flower, something that will bypass your rational thought and, and the unconscious, subconscious, negative, stressful feelings the stress response to get you grounded they're all really effective
1: strategies. Stacey, you have a really high performance intelligence around this, you you do. And this is not just telling you that because we work with a lot of high performers and you've just given us a multi-sensory approach using numerous faculties to help get you grounded. How did you learn that? And Was it after the disaster? And and, and and well, actually, maybe it wasn't a disaster. I'm just thinking this could be a strategy. You know, if you go for another job interview, maybe just pull out that same strategy. Just freeze, and they're like, "Oh, she's lovely. I feel sorry for her. Let's give her the job."
2: <laughs> How did I learn all this? I actually wanted to be a doctor when I was growing up. So just you know, a lot of interest in uh, all things physiological and psychological. Didn't quite get the marks, so you know, ended up doing commerce. Um, my mum also had um, severe mental illness her whole life, so she had bipolar disorder. Um, so I learned a lot about managing extremes of mental illness and lack of wellbeing.
1: I just felt a buzz when you said that. I understand why you're so calm. I, I do. As a, as a young age, you would have seen that with your mum, and something would have kicked in for you just to, to try and stay stable. And you know, you've mentioned how you, you look at your mum as being such a wonderful role model. I really appreciate you sharing that and being so authentic. That must have been formative for you as a, as a young woman, having that experience.
2: Absolutely was. Uh, and, you know, and particularly for her, uh, in a professional environment uh, where there was such a stigma associated with mental health at the time. You know, she, had, she didn't have the support. Uh, it wasn't something that was talked about. Uh, there's techniques that we now know and use and embrace and encourage um, people to, to apply if they're not feeling well. No, there was none of that there.